Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas has concluded and now all eyes are on the 2024 offseason for the Carolina Panthers. They have 21 pending free agents. Who should they keep? Who should they let go? We'll talk about it right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Fridays throughout the offseason. I'll be right here answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions. What you got to do is either at me or DM me, but first follow me on Twitter at Julian Council to get your questions in for this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. This episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all in lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. We have made it to the 2024 offseason. Now for the Carolina Panthers and for Panther fans, it's been it's been a while. We've been here for over a month now. It started for us back on January 8th where Scott Fitter was fired. We have seen now Dan Morgan ascend from the assistant general manager role to the general manager role and the newly named president of football operations role here in Carolina. We have seen Dave Canales leave Tampa Bay as their OC and come to Carolina to be the new head coach. We have seen Brant Tillis exit Kansas City, a winning organization, and come to Carolina to be the executive vice president of football operations, handling the salary cap and contracts. And he is going to be a key figure over the next couple of weeks as the Carolina Panthers prepare for the new league year at the middle of March. So very exciting times coming for the Carolina Panthers. Maybe hope has been restored. The positivity from Dave Canales has a lot of people excited about what's to come in 2024 and honestly the NFL they sell hope they deal it better than any sports league here in North America and maybe even the world and that's the great thing about it and why I think the league is super popular among plenty of other obvious reasons this country loves football but you have a chance in a market like Charlotte now in the NBA it's small market nonsense why you can never compete but in the NFL that's not the case everyone's meant to go nine and eight eight nine what sets you apart is Ownership, of course, but also hiring the right people in your front office, getting the right head coach, and getting the right quarterback. The Carolina Panthers hope that they have the right quarterback. Now they're bringing in the coach to fix him, get him to play at the level that Bryce Young hopefully would have played this past season had things been better for the Carolina Panthers. And they want to have a front office with Brant Tillis and Dan Morgan that can put the roster together to get this team out of this funk that they've been in since last going to the playoffs during the 2017 season. So on today's show... I want to discuss the 21 pending unrestricted free agents for the Carolina Panthers heading into the new league year. Now, some important dates to understand before that conversation. On February 20th, so in about eight days, exactly, beginning at 4 p.m., 
The Carolina Panthers and the other 31 teams in the NFL can begin designating players on the roster for either the franchise tag or the transition tag. Brian Burns immediately is a name that comes to mind as the Carolina Panthers try to get a deal done with him last year. He wanted 30 mil. The Panthers wanted to pay him about $22 million like Max Crosby's getting paid in Las Vegas with the Raiders. They couldn't come to terms. Burns played out the season. Now things have changed as Scott Fitter is no longer here and you wonder where the negotiations are at. So it's very likely that the Carolina Panthers are going to have to use the franchise tag on Brian Burns by the 4 p.m. deadline on March 5th. So they have about two weeks to get that done before Burns is an unrestricted free agent, can test free agency, or the Carolina Panthers have him under contract as far as being a franchise tag player, and then they'll have until July to figure out whether they can actually get him a long-term deal. March 11th is when they begin the legal tampering period, the legal negotiating period. It's a two-day period starting at noon on March 11th, then at 4 p.m., On March 13th is when the new league year begins for the 2024 season, and that's when free agency begins. So so February 20th, coming up soon, that's when franchise tags can start being placed. March 5th, that is the deadline for it. March 11th is when you're going to start hearing about some of the new deals, and March 13th is officially when those deals become official at 4 p.m., on March 13th, Eastern Standard Time. Now, let's look at a couple of the guys who I believe are the top free agents here in Carolina. There's three of them. First off, Brian Burns just talked about him last year. Did not have the kind of season that the Carolina Panthers expected him to have, that he expected him to have, and that everybody who is a Panther fan and follows the team thought Brian Burns was going to have. He was coming off of back-to-back Pro Bowl seasons, 12 and a half sacks in 2022. He was clearly, in my mind, the best player on the Carolina Panthers roster heading into 2023. He staged the hold-in after not getting the deal as the Panthers and him were so far apart, but he played. Against Atlanta, he came out like a bat out of hell with the with the strip sack. Had two sacks that day, was outstanding, and quite honestly, that was probably the best game of Brian Burns' season. And that's not great to say when that happened in Week One, and there were 16 other games left to be played. Now Brian Burns didn't come out and say following the conclusion of the season at locker room cleanout day that he did think about all the injuries that he saw early on in the season suffered by Shaq Thompson, J.C. Horn, some of the other players that was in the back of his mind, knowing he had not signed that new deal that he had done everything he felt like he needed to get that deal done seeing all his friends go down he did not want to suffer the same fate and potentially lose out on millions of dollars so Brian Burns maybe didn't give the same energy now he said that he still gave the same kind of effort but watching it wasn't the same Brian Burns he didn't seem to be as free now he felt free coming out of the game and coming into the game against Atlanta But outside of that, I didn't see the burns that we had seen the last couple seasons. Now, despite him not putting up the kind of numbers that he put up in the past and really the year before, he had eight of the Panthers' 27 sacks. Panthers were last in the NFL in sacks 27. The Panthers were 30th in the league in pressure percentage, getting to the quarterback 17.2% of the time pressure-wise. They only had 90 pressures this past season, which was dead last in the NFL. Looking at the current roster, the only edge rushers on the roster right now are Amari Barno, who's going to be in his third year on his third coaching staff, DJ Johnson, who's 25 years old, Eku Leota, who was a UDFA out of Auburn and actually played better than those two players. Those three combined last season had zero sacks. Big, fat goose egg. Look at Brian Burns so far in his career. He has 46 career sacks. He's only 25 years old. DJ Johnson is 25 years old. He's played one season in the NFL. He has zero sacks. That is the potential replacement to Brian Burns if you do not keep him around. Now, I'm not going to argue 
with you right now. Do I think Brian Burns is worth $30 million? No, I don't think he's a $30 million edge rusher, but I know how contracts typically go. When you see a player like Max Crosby and Bradley Chubb, who will put up similar numbers to Brian Burns, get paid what they got paid, typically when Burns comes up, he gets about maybe one, two, three million dollars more than them annually. The Carolina Panthers, I feel like, could have signed Brian Burns like a $24, $25 million deal. Now, if he wanted to do it, clearly he did not want to do that. He wanted more. I argued as the season was heading in, $27 million would make sense for Brian Burns because he actually, I had broken it down back in August. Go back, listen to the episode uh, if you want to do that. I'm not doing it again right now. But Brian Burns, looking at his numbers, were actually a little bit better at the time of when his deal was up or ready. His deal was, it was time for him to get a new deal compared to what Matt Crosby and Bradley Chubb had done. I felt like the Panthers had no leverage in looking at the numbers and what's there on the roster right now outside of Burns. I still feel like they don't have a ton of leverage. The franchise tag right now is $21.9 million. Carolina Panthers only have about $28 million in salary cap space. If they have to tag Brian Burns, they have a lot of work to do in order to be able to sign some players in free agency. Now, I don't think this is a team that's going to go out there in free agency and sign a bunch of players, be able to turn things around in year one of Dave Canales. And quite honestly, they keep doing that every year where they try to restructure deals, bring in some veterans, try to fill these holes. The problem is... Those are players that not a lot of people want, and those players are not coming in and having a profound impact in Carolina, and the Panthers must do better in the draft. Build through the draft, and then fill holes via free agency. The Carolina Panthers have a player who is homegrown in Brian Burns, who has done everything right, been a phenomenal player, been a great leader, has stayed healthy, no off-the-field troubles. Why not pay him? Now, the calculus has changed a little bit. With Brant Tillis and Dan Morgan taking over, as their executive vice president of football operations, president of football operations, last general manager roles, things have changed, especially Brant Tillis coming to Carolina. Tillis, as you have probably heard so far, is the one who led a negotiation for Patrick Mahomes' big-time deal there in Kansas City. How will he be able to manage things with Brian Burns? He had a situation this past year with Chris Jones, who did not play in that opening game against Detroit where the the uh, the Chiefs lost to the Lions. He didn't play in that game, but they found a way to give him some money to get him out there and to play the rest of the season for Kansas City. So he sat there and he's been a part of these negotiations before. What kind of role will he play? As far as stay or go, clearly the Carolina Panthers need Brian Burns to stay in my mind. Now, if they want to tag and trade him, go ahead, do that, but you better find somebody via the draft who can come in and give you the kind of numbers that Brian Burns put up. And seeing they have a first-round pick, don't have very many picks as, at all, I'm hard-pressed to believe they're going to find a replacement via Brian, for Brian Burns this offseason, whether it's in free agency or the draft. The second player I'm looking at as a big-time free agent for the Carolina Panthers is Frankie Louvu. Last year, I thought he was outstanding. 125 tackles, five and a half sacks. Following up from the year prior, we had seven sacks. He played 94% of the defensive snaps, a record for him during his career. Looking at pro football focus, he had a 78.5 overall grade, a 74.0 run defense grade, an elite 90.1 pass rushing grade. And this is from a player who is more of an on-ball linebacker, like an edge kind of guy who can also play middle if you need him to. But once Shaq Thompson went out, he had to go into an off-ball linebacker role, playing in the middle linebacker spot, and he still was able to have an elite pass rushing grade and really be effective in run defense just overall as a linebacker. Maybe not the best in coverage, but Frankie Louvre was an outstanding player and somebody the Carolina Panthers absolutely should want. He finished 12th out of 82 
inside linebackers in the NFL this season, according to Pro Football Focus. I don't know what it's going to take to get Frankie Louvu, not a $21 million franchise tag for linebackers. I place it on Burns, not on Louvu. Burns has proved through the course of his career especially at his age, that he is deserving of that kind of tag. Louvu, I don't see it right now, but he is somebody that you can get him for $10, $11, $12 million per year as an inside linebacker who can also be an edge rusher in certain situations in this scheme of Vajero Vero. I want him back in Carolina. The Panthers have already made it known that they want him back. Absolutely, he should stay in Carolina. The third, I don't know... If right now, a lot of people would look at Jeremy Chin as being one of the top ratings for the Carolina Panthers, I do think across the league, there are going to be a lot of teams out there who would be interested in Jeremy Chin's services, whether it's at safety, as a big nickel, as maybe even a linebacker, which he played his first year in Carolina. He's somebody that I think a team can get the most out of. Unfortunately, this past season, we did not see that in Ajero Averro's defense. We were told last offseason, very Many things that did not come true, but those were mainly on the offense. One thing that we were told defensively is that Jeremy Chin, with Von Bell coming in and Jero Vero taking over as a D.C., would play close to the line of scrimmage like he did in his first year in Carolina and that he would be put in more of a playmaking role. The problem is the playmaking never happened, and the role that they discussed didn't really come to fruition as Jeremy Chin played in 12 games, missed a couple games due to injury, only made eight starts, had a career-low 30 tackles. This is a player who in his first two years as a Carolina Panther had over 100 tackles. The only other two players who've done it in Carolina Panthers history are John Beeson and Luke Keekley, who's up for the Hall of Fame next year and should have a bust in Canton one day. Those are the only two players who in their first two seasons as Panthers came out and had 100-plus tackles. He was second in Defensive Rookie of the Year voting his rookie season, and he has gone from playing 97, 99, and 91% of the defensive snaps his first three years as a Panther to playing only 39% of the defensive snaps in 2023. He's gone from only playing 27, 25, and 10% of the special team snaps his first three years to playing 56% of special team snaps in 2023. He has gone from one of the Carolina Panthers' bright young defenders to being a core special teamer under Rogero Vero and this team this past season. Jeremy Chin said after the season was over, that he would wait to see who was going to be the head coach, how the staff would shake up, and decide whether he'd want to come back to Carolina. And this is a guy who really embraced being a Carolina Panther. He was every week wearing the Carolina Legends jerseys of players who had played or been from the state of North Carolina, the state of South Carolina. He was donating that jersey to charity. I love the good works that he was doing here in Carolina. I love what he was doing on the field. Now, at safety, he was never the greatest when it came to coverage skills. That certainly was something that was lacking but looking how he played as a rookie and as a second-year player, surely you could find a role for Jeremy Chin. But for whatever reason, that never played out here in Carolina. Guys like DiCaprio Boodle, guys like Alex Cook, Shaq Griffin, Troy Hill, they were getting more opportunities in the secondary than Jeremy Chin was this past season. And it's disappointing to see how it played out. But when Matt Rule's no longer here, Phil Snow's no longer here, you have another change on the coaching staff, change in defensive philosophy. This is what happens. And clearly... Jeremy Chin is not a scheme fit for Ajero Averro. So it's going to have to be a go for me, and not just a go for me, but a go for Jeremy Chin, to go somewhere else where he can be utilized and where a team actually sees him as being an asset under defense. Because clearly, from what we saw this past season, that was not the case. Now, injury plays into it, but also he was phased out after Shaq Thompson went down, and I don't know whether Shaq being healthy would have fixed things, would have kept him on the team, and should that really play that much of a factor? I don't know. But what I do know is... That in this defense under EJ, 
He's not somebody that is a priority for the Carolina Panthers in their scheme. So, unfortunately, Jeremy Chen, I enjoyed the four years with you as a Carolina Panther, really the three years, um, but it's going to have to be a go as far as Jeremy Chen staying in Carolina. Now, there's some other interesting decisions to be made on the defensive side of the ball here in Carolina. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Price Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. Price Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Price Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks is make your entry in less than 60 seconds it's that easy quick withdrawals easy gameplay and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make price picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to pricepicks.com slash lockdown nfl and use code lockdown nfl for a first deposit match up to 100 that's pricepicks.com slash lockdown nfl and use code lockdown nfl for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars The NFL season is over and free agency is approaching on March 13th at 4 p.m. Free agency and the 2024 new league year is officially here in the NFL. The Carolina Panthers have some decisions to make before then. What are you going to do with Brian Burns? I feel like you got to get that figured out before any of the other deals as a franchise tag is something the Panthers may have to utilize and that's going to take up a ton of cap space. My thought is he needs to stay here in Carolina. If it's a franchise tag, so be it. For the Panthers to try and do some things this offseason, they're going to need to clear up some cap space. The best way to do that is to sign Brian Burns to a long-term deal. Frankie Luvu should be right there behind him as far as new contracts. Get Luvu to stay here. Have him and Shaq Thompson for another season in Carolina. And let's see what this defense looks like. Whole. And then Jeremy Chin. I hate to say it, but the writing's on the wall. He will no longer be a Carolina Panther once the new league year begins. Now, there's a couple of other interesting decisions to be made on the defensive side of the ball here in Carolina. And now that we know Gerald Barrow is back and his staff is back, we can have some more enlightened conversations as far as some of the free agents, 21 of them, who actually could come back or should go here in Carolina. Looking at it, the cornerback spot, Troy Hill, Shaq Griffin, both those guys got some burn, especially Hill for the most, the majority of the season because of injuries to J.C. Horn being out. You saw C.J. Henderson go out a couple of times. Jeremy Chin being phased out. Troy Hill was pretty good. Had a 62.4 overall grade according to Pro Football Focus. Had the team's best coverage grade outside of J.C. Horn, who was like an 86. The dude is outstanding when he's on the field. 68.2 for him. He, had a, he was 73rd out of 127 qualifying cornerbacks in the NFL this past season. Shaq Griffin actually was the highest rated cornerback for the Carolina Panthers this season that was eligible. He was 53rd out of 127 cornerbacks, according to Pro Football Focus, at a 76 overall grade, at a 67 coverage grade. He's someone who, now looking at his his past in Seattle and Dave Canales being here, also having been here this past season with Jero Vero, him and Troy Hill, I would think that both of those guys are worth keeping around. C.J. Henderson, He's also a free agent. We'll get to him later. I think he's probably likely out the door. Those two guys with their history with Jero Vero, the way that they were able to play this past season, having ties to the Seattle portion of this roster or this coaching staff, like Dave Canales is the head coach. I would say for both of them, with J.C. Horn coming back this upcoming season, unlikely to have his fifth-year option exercise. You don't know what his future is. Uh, Dante Jackson, this could be the last year for him. He does have a $17 million cap hit. That's a possibility the Carolina Panthers may see him as a cap casually if they don't feel like he's someone that's worth keeping around. I would want to have those two guys back, 
plus Troy Hill and Shaq Griffin and then try and draft somebody as a young corner who hopefully could take over one day and be that second corner to J.C. Horn if J.C.'s able to stay healthy and stay here long-term in Carolina. So Troy Hill, Shaq, Tom, Shaq Griffin rather, bring me both those guys back to Carolina. So that's a stay. Deshaun Williams, he came in from Denver last year, worked under a Jero Vero. Great story uh, to be a foreign Clemson Tiger, the things he went through to even get to the NFL, to be able to be a starter again here in Carolina. Loved it. But the performance this past season was not great. Outside of Derrick Brown, I quite honestly just forgot who was on a defensive line this past season in Carolina. Looking at Pro Football Focus, that backs up with the numbers. He had a 50.0 overall grade, a 46.1 run defense grade, and the Panthers were one of the worst teams against the run all season long. Looking at EPA expected points added, they were dead last the beginning of the season, they gave 130 yards plus on the ground for the first six weeks before the bye where they came out and they were better, but still not a great run defense team. And a part of that is Deshaun Williams just not being up to snuff. Out of the 130 interior defensive linemen according to Pro Football Focus, he was 104th in the NFL. That was worse than Nick Thurman who was 48th out of 130. That was worse than LeBron Ray, who was 84th out of 130. Both of those players are re-signed as exclusive rights free agents, and they're much younger than Deshaun Williams, who's 31 years old, will be 32 in December. Seeing how he performed this past year, seeing that there's some younger players who are inexpensive, who are coming back to Carolina, that's an easy go for me. It's unfortunate. Great story. He has the ties to Jero Vero, who's back in Carolina, but the projection, the production rather, was just not there this past season. Move on, give some younger players an opportunity. Don't bring back an aging veteran who did not give you nearly enough that you needed this past season. Etor Grossmanos, he stepped into a role as a stand up edge rusher. And it's primarily 3-4 base, and he also had an opportunity to be more of a run stopper on the edge, something the Carolina Panthers needed, something they thought they were going to get a Henry Anderson this past season. And he had probably his best year of his career. Played in 12 games, missed some because of injuries, started six of them, had a career-high four-and-a-half sacks this past season, had seven and seven tackles for loss, which also was a career-high. His pro football focus overall grade was a 65.4, had a 66.4 run defense grade, a 65.2 pass rushing grade. He was 61st out of 112 edge rushers in the NFL this season. That's pretty run-of-the-mill, but as far as a guy who didn't play necessarily the biggest role in Carolina, but found a role and found success in the role, someone that I question, I think a lot of us question, would he even make the roster back in August? And if when he did make the roster, what was his role going to be once Marquise Haynes came back from injury, which really never happened, and once Justin Houston was signed, that signing made it sound pretty clear to me and I think a lot of folks out there that the coaching staff did not see Etor Grossmatos as somebody that was going to be a primary figure on this team that turned out to not really be the case at all as he filled a nice role and I think he's someone the Carolina Panthers should bring back on a one-year deal one-year prove it deal see what he's able to do if he's able to play like that again Maybe he can give you more production as a former second-round pick here in Carolina. Why not sign him to a longer deal? But this year, I think, give him a one-year deal, get him back in Carolina. I think he fits what they want to do here, and he should stay. Kamu Griehill, Deion Jones, two linebackers who had the fill-in last year when Shaq Thompson went down. I felt like the linebacker depth going into the season was one of the strengths for the Carolina Panthers. Kamu Griehill ended up having a 78th out of 82 grade um, when it came to the Pro Bowl focus. So he's 78th out of 82 inside linebackers. Deion Jones was 36 out of 82. Kamu is more of a special teamer. He did play a lot of defensive snaps, so did Deion Jones, but still he's somebody who I think probably is going to look for other opportunities, primarily as a special teamer. Deion Jones... And they're both up there in age, in their 30s. 
I don't know whether you prioritize either one of these guys. If I'm going to keep one, it would probably be Jones, just knowing what he can do for you as a backup linebacker. But then maybe Kamu Grier Hill makes more sense because he's a special teams player. I'm going to say go to both of them. Bring back Frankie. Have Shaq Thompson. Find some younger linebacker who can play special teams and who can develop and maybe come in after Shaq is gone and be the starting linebacker next to Frankie Louvu if you're able to bring him back. Sam Franklin started four games this past season at safety with Von Bell and Xavier Woods both missing four games this past year. Then he was phased out. Guy like Alex Cook came in. He got to play some safety with Matt Rule being gone, who he coached him at Baylor and drafted him with Chris Tabor, the special teams coordinator, no longer being here. Tracy Smith likely having some people that he wants to bring in who are with him in Seattle or in pass stops. I'm thinking that Sam Franklin's probably on his way out of Carolina. It doesn't really help him in the secondary as far as being a safety. That's an easy go for me. So Troy Hill, Shaq Griffin, bring them both back to Sean Williams. Goodbye, Ito Grosmatos. Yes, come back. Kamu and Deion Jones, we can move on there. Sam Franklin also move on there. So those are some of the interesting decisions to make on the defensive side of the ball. There's also some coin flip decisions. And some no-brainers for the Carolina Panthers of who should stay and who should go once free agency begins. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. What a football game that was, but as usual, the commercials stole the show in my book. DoorDash is the all-in-one app for your everyday needs, from restaurants and groceries to flowers and gifts. So next time you're running low on dinner ideas, pet supplies, or just time, you can get so much more than you realize delivered. Whatever watch party or anything party you got coming up, get it delivered with DoorDash. Football season may be over, but we're in the thick of basketball games, the school year, and let's face it, winter. I can think of a million reasons daily to order DoorDash. Hop on the app and make your day a little easier. Get dinner for tonight, groceries for the week, or a consolation prize for your sad friends in Kansas City or San Francisco, all on DoorDash. DoorDash, your door to more. Head to DoorDash app, get everything you need delivered. The NFL new league year begins at 4 p.m. on March 13th. That is just a month away as the NFL 2024 offseason is coming into focus following Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. Talk about the 21 pending unrestricted free agents here in Carolina. Who should stay? Who should go? Now, let's look at some of the coin flip and the no-brainer decisions here in Carolina. Two players I look at as coin flips. The first one, and this may surprise you, is Gabe Jackson who came in late in the season as a veteran guard. He replaced Nash Jensen in back-to-back weeks, then took over as a starting guard for the Carolina Panthers. And looking at his numbers on Pro Football Focus, which we did last week when I was breaking down the offensive line and what they need to do this offseason, the Carolina Panthers, that is, to fix the O-line, Gabe Jackson came out, played really well against Atlanta. Then after that, did not play well as much of the same, but his run blocking grade was far better than a lot of the players that played at the guard spots. Seven left guards, eight right guards this past season, and Gabe Jackson factored into that. Now, what I look at with Gabe Jackson that makes me think that he may have a chance to stay here in Carolina is the fact that he started 31 games in Seattle in 2021 and in 2022. Who is now here in Carolina? That was in Seattle at that time. Dave Canales, head coach, Brad Idzik, who is the offensive coordinator, Tracy Smith, who was the special teams assistant coach, I think the last two years, so at least one season with Gabe Jackson, and even their new quarterback coach here in Carolina. So Gabe Jackson, I think, with that experience, seeing how poor this offensive line played this past year, Having that relationship with the head coach and Dave Canales and the offensive coaching staff, 
I'm thinking it would make sense for Gabe Jackson to come back to at least be a camp body or a veteran and backup for the Carolina Panthers. And they have some decisions to make as far as the offensive line goes and what to do with Iki Aquanu and whether they're going to keep Austin Corbett, Bradley Bowes, and some of those other players, the contract decisions, all five of the starters that were projected to go into last season are back under contract this season, heading into new league year in 2024. I do think, though, that Gabe Jackson is someone worth keeping around as the Panthers need to try and find a way to build some depth across that offensive line. Long snapper J.J. Jansen. Love J.J. Jansen. Been here since 09, the longest tenured Panther. He's played 243 games, but he's 38 years old. J.J.'s old, y'all. And I don't know how much longer he can do this. I'm imagining not, not much longer at all. He'll have to make a decision on whether he wants to come back. The Carolina Panthers also have to make a decision on whether they want him to come back. New coaching staff, new special teams coordinator. They have to see whether they want him around. Now, had Matt Rule gotten his way, Thomas Sanders would have come in here from Alabama, would have actually worked out, and J.J. Jansen would have been out the door three years ago. But Matt Rule did not get his way, and J.J. Jansen is still here in Carolina potentially long snapping in 2024 with a new special teams coordinator and Tracy Smith. He needs to figure out whether JJ Jansen is somebody that fits with him. And it's just really snapping the ball, but also the coverage and all that's important is you can't under, you can't, you know, minimize it at all. But then again, Tracy Smith, he's a special teams coordinator. There may be somebody that he wants to come in and fill that role, get a younger player. And at some point in time, the Panthers are going to have to find a replacement. And this may be the time to do that. We'll see whether that happens. If J.J. wants to stay, stay, because he's not having bad snaps. He's not a liability at all. Keep him. But if they feel like if he wants to go, then go. But again, it's something that I feel like Tracy Smith, a new special teams coordinator, needs to figure out here in Carolina as well. Okay, now those are the coin flips. The rest, to me, are really no-brainers. Wide receiver D.J. Chark was awful this past season. He was expected to be a downfield threat for the Carolina Panthers, and that really never came to fruition. He had an outstanding game. In that game against Green Bay, the two touchdowns, he made a great catch to end that game against Atlanta on that game-winning drive. He had his moments, but he also had so many moments like in the final week of the season, going in for a touchdown after Bryce Young makes an outstanding split play, scrambling, hitting him wide open, and then he's reaching into the end zone, fumbles the ball, and it's recovered by Tampa Bay. That right there was the moment where it's like, okay, only 48 more minutes to play. And you never have to see DJ Chark in a Carolina Panthers uniform again. He averaged 2.3 yards of separation, which was tied for seventh worst in the NFL, according to Next Gen Stats. No separation, could handle the football, barely made any big plays. Time to move on. CJ Henderson, the Carolina Panthers gave up a third round pick and Dan Arnold back during the 2021 season after a 3 0 start when JC Horn went down with a foot injury. It was a panic move. They brought in CJ Henderson. Scott Fitter, the former general manager here in Carolina, said at the time, that was a move made for the future, not for a win-now mode type of thinking for the Carolina Panthers. Well, the Panthers did not win in 2021. They did not win in 2022, 23. And now C. Henderson is someone who appears to be out the door. He was inactive for two of the final three games of the season. Shaquille Griffin was favored over him, knowing that knowing that Griffin is a free agent, could come back to Carolina. I think he should come back to Carolina. And that C.J. Henderson never showed that promise of a top 10 pick. It's time for him to go. LaVishka Chenault. People kept telling me that this guy was going to be like Debo Samuel. Uh, that's a freaking joke. He played in eight games at 10 receptions, 60 yards, 12 rushes for 55 yards. Tried not to curse there, but really wanted to. LaVishka Chenault not a good football player. I, I, he's gone. Uh, outside linebacker Marquise Haynes. I wasn't a big believer in Haynes coming into the season as being someone who could really start. 
opposite of Brian Burns, and you could depend upon him all season long. Even when Justin Houston came in, I felt like that was the best thing for Haynes, that he didn't have to have that pressure. He could step into a role and help out the Panthers, that their pass rush would be better. Well, that really never happened as the back injury that he suffered back in late July when he got to camp, that hampered him all season long, really feel for him. Played in only seven games, had one sack, and he also got carted off in his hometown of Jacksonville. He's fine after that concussion. Hated to see the way things played out for Marquise Haynes, but now that he's over 30 years old, didn't give you that much production, and he's really only been about a 4 or 5 sack guy anyways. Go find some younger players to step into that role. Marquise Haynes, goodbye. Appreciate your service. Chris Wormley, defensive end, played in five games last season for the Carolina Panthers. He's someone who could be a camp invite, but I don't really look at him as somebody who the Panthers, obviously, he's not going to be a priority. I don't know if he's someone that necessarily needs to come back. So I'm going to go ahead and say go. Tate Davis started off in Carolina, then was released, played in Atlanta, then came back to Carolina for the last couple of games of the season as a core special teamer. He's somebody that could come back, but now it's a new special teams coach. And Tracy Smith, I'm going to also say go there. David Sharp, as bad as Icky Aquino was this past season, at no point did the Carolina Panthers ever think David Sharp was somebody worth putting out there. He can go. Justin McCray. James Camp is not here. He was bad. He can go. Henry Anderson suffered an injury during training camp, did not play all season long. Same defensive staff. But some younger players, like I mentioned earlier, Nick Thurman, he's going to come back. You have LeBron Ray coming back. Henry Anderson up there in age as well. I'm going to say go. So that's who should stay. That's who should go. As Carolina Panthers prepare for free agency on March 13th. Plenty of things to figure out before then. Will Brian Burns be tagged or will they give him a new deal? Same case with Frankie Louvu. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe to follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Fridays I'll be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Tuesday.